Tom Brady retires again. The Bruins hit the all-star break. The Celtics with a listless performance against the Suns. And Kyrie asks for a trade. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. So we've done this before, and we'll do it again, with Tom Brady retiring on February the 1st. Uh, He did it last year, but he came back and played with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to limited success in his age 45 season. But this time it appears to be for real. In that, I'm still about 60% sure that Tom Brady is retired. I'll be 100% sure he's retired when the season rolls around and he's not on an NFL roster. Uh, but that being said, you know, Brady deserves his due. Uh, he is the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. He is the greatest winner in the history of the NFL. And Bob Kraft wants to honor Tom Brady with a one-day contract where Brady comes back, press conference, retire his number, the whole thing, statue out front of you know, Gillette Stadium. I'm kind of paraphrasing where I think this is going to go. But at least they want him to sign a one-day contract with the Patriots. And certainly, you know, Brady deserves that. You know, everything that can be said about Brady really has been. Um, but, you know, first and foremost is you know, the man's competitiveness and his ability to have the success that he had in the age 40-plus seasons, from 40 to 45. That in itself, that time period, was as good as any six-year time period in Brady's career. That, to me, is flat-out remarkable and speaks to his greatness that you can put you know that six-year time period up with any throughout the course of his career and it's arguable that that's it's as good as what we've seen with the in his career so there's a lot obviously that, that can be said the winning stands out you know when an individual wins seven championships you know, his records as a passer, his ability as a passer. But you know, first and foremost is that how he managed the game and was able to do so in a way in which allowed for his team to have success. You know, you'd have quarterbacks that take chances and make mistakes. You know, Brady, of course, did some of that. He was not perfect. But, you know, for the most part, the Brady drives that were there at the end of the game, you know, in the last minute, the last 30 seconds, last 90 seconds, those drives were generally as a result of him putting his team in a position to win by limiting mistakes and making good throws throughout the course of the rest of the game. And very often, you know, his team would not necessarily be the best team, would not be the better team if you match them up side by side, but his team ended up winning. And more often than not, that took place, it felt like. So Brady retires, and I am hopeful that Brady signs with the Patriots. They're able to do the one-day contract, and he uh, retires as a New England Patriot. Now to the Boston Bruins at the All-Star break as the NHL's best team. Uh, Boston with a record of 39-7-5 for 83 points. Team has scored 81 more goals than they have given up and at this point the best team in hockey Carolina has been playing great as of late in fact they beat the Bruins in a little stretch where the Bruins struggled Uh, they played three games in four days against the Lightning the Panthers and then the Hurricanes they lost all three of those games went to overtime in the 
Panthers contest, but then bounced back with a big win in Toronto against the Maple Leafs just prior to the All-Star break, defeating Toronto 5-2. to I talked with Bruins defenseman Charlie McAvoy about the little adversity the team faced. It was the first time they had lost multiple games this year and how that may be beneficial for them moving forward. Just at the All-Star break, what is your sense about you know what this team is and, and what you guys have been able to to do early on the season to establish you know the lead that you have in points yeah i mean obviously we've had a special year to this point um you know it's been i think a gradual uh you know build and then you know we've been able to find consistency and that's the biggest thing uh you know that's allowed us to, to win as many games as finding finding our game doing what what allows us to win on most nights um but i think you know where we are now is different like um get a chance to learn 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 about ourselves learn about how we tick and what it's going to look like to go up against some adversity which is good i mean we need it we need to go against adversity i think it's going to make us stronger in the long run i feel like you're facing a little adversity right now obviously you've lost three straight you played three good hockey teams and you know going into toronto what's your sense about what that means and getting tested in a season where it felt feels like you guys play a guest game you go on the ice you, you win but you got a little pushback now yeah no like I said I mean this is great this is something that we need to go through I'd rather go through it now than than you know than just experiencing it for the first time in the playoffs or close to the playoffs like you need to know how you're going to respond when you go down in games what it looks like to be up against it and um, I feel like right now that's kind of where we are we haven't been in this position in a while so um, you know we got one more game before the break uh It'll help be really nice to uh, to rate this ship and then enjoy our break a lot more than we would. For you personally and for the team in general, like how do you battle complacency where in a season there's so much routine, you're playing well, you know who you are as a team, you know what the end goal is. Yeah. Like for you, like how do you how do you push yourself? How does this group, you know, push itself in times where you could become, hey, we we come out, we play, we win? Yeah, I mean we've done a good job. Like internally we have our own uh, how do I explain it? We have our own check marks in here um, that we do sort of in segments throughout the season, so it allows us to always stay in the moment and view every game as more than just you know game game 45 on the year or something like that. So uh, that's been something new this year that Monty brought in that's been uh, that's been encouraging, and I think it allows us to really stay focused in where we are in our segments, you know, um, to make sure that we're hitting our goals, uh, you know, of achieving, you know as many wins as we can throughout those. feels like the offensive side of the game with Pasta has done has been well chronicled, but I feel like this is a really, really good defensive team, and the forwards play a big role in that. What is your sense about, you know, from net out, obviously, with what Linus and, and Sway have been able to do, what's your sense for how and why this team is so good defensively? Um, I don't know. Like, we've, we've been a really good defensive team for years, so it was kind of one of those, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it type thing. So... Um, you know, we've all been playing in our defensive system for a while. We all take pride in it. There's not one guy on the team who, who won't block a shot, who won't do what they need to do in the D zone for us to have success. So, I mean, you've seen, obviously, our goaltenders have been amazing all year. Um, you know, but we, we really try our hardest in front of them, and I think it, within our strategy, we, we do a good job. So, um, I think that was something that sort of we all just have confidence in from years and years of playing in it. Uh, it's just something that you know we, we know that we can win games doing. 
One of the most interesting things about you as a player is there's so many different ways that you can kind of kickstart this group. Like whether it's a good hip check across the center of the ice, the goal that you had against you know the Sharks, kind of coming through the zone and making making a big play. Do you are you conscious of that? Of you know there are times when you need to you know make a play, whether it's in the offensive zone, whether it's making a hit, and you know what kind of goes into those moments? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I feel like I can, I can, you know, be a catalyst for for the team when when someone needs to, you know, maybe shock shock something up or, or get us back in the game, whether it's a hit or a play or something. I know that when there's competition, when there's uh, you know a little bit of adversity, I think I internally I really like to challenge myself and that I like to embrace that and you know if someone's going to pull us out of it I, I always want it to be me uh, obviously you're going to need everybody to do it at certain points but I, I always try and challenge myself if you know, if we're down or whatever if we need something then I want it to be me. Final thing I mean it seems like in this room no one is you know kind of worried about speaking their mind and like being like comfortable and saying whatever they want being who they are and holding like teammates accountable how important is is that and did it always feel that way kind of under Bergie's leadership and even before that you know, when you were 20 you could say what you needed to say and now you become more of a veteran you still have that ability maybe even more so yeah we have a great room in here I mean that's documented like we it's it's a very special culture and I think part of that culture is being able to be who you are within within the group and you know you can embrace your your true self your personality and and bring it to the room and we're a better team for it and then you know behind closed doors everybody knows that they can be you know you know i guess vulnerable in a sense in 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 this room like everybody's very understanding and and hell we, we go through this you know obviously we are blessed and and very lucky to do this for a living but with this comes you know um you know the mental side of it and sometimes you don't always have it sometimes you you don't feel great about your game about yourself where you're at um and in this room you'll always find somebody to talk to oftentimes multiple guys uh who who will pick you up and then when they're going through it it's vice versa and you pick them up so i thought the end of that interview was really cool where then when we think about professional sports we think of you know high testosterone type a personalities you know and folks not being too willing to let each other know when they're struggling with anything. And McAvoy talking about the Bruins teammates being willing to be vulnerable with one another, let them know when they're down, when they're struggling. I thought it's a pretty you know, unique environment and one that, um, you know, quite frankly, we need more of in this world, right? I mean, to be able to put on airs is one thing, but to be able to you know show people who you truly are is another. And one of the people that's been really important in that and bringing kind of you know, mental health to the forefront is Linus Olmark. And, of course, Linus has had an absolutely incredible season as well. He is the best goaltender in hockey. Um, and if his second half in any way holds up to the first, he will win the Vesna Trophy as the NHL's best goalie this year. His goal's allowed average is 1.90. That is 36 points better than the next closest competitor, uh, Jake Ottinger of the Dallas Stars, at with a 226. Check, check, check. Linus, in your view, what's been so special about this group to date? Why is this team as good as it is? I think it comes down to, you know, the, the culture that <clears throat> the Bruins had for a lot of years, and it's just carried over to 
the younger players, and uh, you know we have a fantastic leadership group with Bergy, Marsh, you know Flig, all those guys, and it just kind of carries how they carry themselves every day, and it makes us become better persons, better players every single day. And you know, I, I think uh, those guys have the biggest impact on where we are right now. Seems like you guys legit have fun, like every single day. And there's always been the argument, like, what comes first? The winning equals the fun, or does the fun equal the winning? For this group, like, what do you find is the, the driving reason behind why this group gets along so well and has such a good time? I think that everybody is, or I don't think, I know that everybody is a great, great kind of a person. Like, they're, you know, the fun to be around with, uh, it's high ceilings, you know, we can say whatever you want, you can be very up, upfront and honest. Uh, without anyone feeling like they're getting attacked or anything like that. So when you can be honest with each other and really bring, you know, uh, you don't have to pretend. You can be yourself at all times. That's creates this comfortable environment for, for everybody to thrive in. You've certainly been one of the big reasons the team is off to the start. If we could still start, call it a start, it's certainly 22 games in the season. It feels like it's more than a start, but you've been one of the big reasons for that. What's been going well you know, for you? It seems like you're seeing the puck well, good lanes, and, and feeling comfortable. It comes back to the teams or teammates again because they're making it a lot easier for me as a, as a, as a goaltender. You know, whenever there's going to be some breakdowns, obviously you always play against the best every night. But we're keeping it to, to a minimum. And if you can always win the scoring chances or, you know, chances against, you know you're doing a lot of good things defensively-wise, but also good things offensive-wise. And the more you have the puck, the more you control the game. And I think that's what's become one of the reasons why it's been going so well for us this year is that we have been able to win a lot of different hockey games as well. A lot of goaltenders will talk about it's not you know the flashy saves that you make, it's the big saves you make at the, the big moments. And so what does that mean to you, like making sure that you know if it's a two-on-one breakaway, your team has just scored, you're making sure that you get the stay, save in that stop. How does that play out from a goaltender's perspective? I think it plays out in different kind of situations. You can have a two-on-one where <clears throat> no, they get a shot off net, they make a save. Yes, everybody sees that and think there's a big save or whatever. Um, but then also you have the same situation where it's a 2-1 and, and it's a breakup by the demon. Like, no one really cares about that. But you have to pay attention that there's a lot of times when our demons have been able to, you know, kill the play before the, the puck even hits the net. And it's not about you know, making all those big saves or all the routine saves or whatever it is. It's just making the next save. You never know which save is going to be a big save, you know. Um, so if you keep that mindset, every save could be a big save. The relationship that you have with uh, Jeremy Swayman is one that a lot of folks will point to and say that's like the optimal team relationship right there. Two guys that are rooting for each other, that like one another in a situation where they could be competitive. Like, What's clicked with you guys is just your personality. Like, it seems like you genuinely are rooting for the other person despite what could be a competition. Sway, it's going to be up front here. I love you. I love you. Perfect. That's your answer. And the final, the final thing, um, when you look at you know this, I appreciate you. That's the most important. You got to appreciate before you can have love. Um, when you look at you know this team and what you've been able to do early on in the season, is there a feeling like you guys are still growing and you're still getting better? I mean, look at Bergie. He's have 20 years in the league and is still continues to become better. So I think that everybody has 
an extra level inside of them, and, and it's been fun seeing some of the guys blossom and having career years for so far. Um, it's, it's a long season, obviously, but there's a lot of professionals in this team as well, and we just hope to keep it going for uh, 82 games and then uh, into the postseason. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yep. Lena Zolmark right there. Taylor Hall has had a really strong first half for the Bruins as well. Uh, he is the, uh, the Bruins' fourth leading goal scorer. Just, Taylor, if you had to define why this Bruins team is the best team in hockey right now, like what jumps out to you as to why you've had the success you've had? Um, I would say our depth. Um, you know, we've had a really good ability to stay healthy so far this season, and that's allowed us to to play full lineups and um, you know just speaking on our depth you know we have three scoring lines three lines that three or four lines that you know can easily score one or two goals a night and um, you know three defense pairs that would line up with some of the best in the league so that's that's allowed us to to play well and and anytime there's a close game our goalies are playing uh, you know extremely well um, Linus has been probably the best goalie in the league and and a real calming influence so you combine all those things and, and just the, the attitude that our team has and, and how hard we play for each other, that's that's why we've had success. It seems like this is an environment, too, and I'm talking to some of the younger players like Freddie, where guys feel comfortable and it's okay to make mistakes. And there's kind of a you know a vibe that, yeah, you have Linus back there that will cover up maybe some of the mistakes and that the guys can be creative. Is that different this year than last year? Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. Um, you know, when when you're not afraid to make mistakes, you make less of them, and uh, I think that's probably true for our group. You know, not not every game's been perfect, and our last five games or six games really haven't been um, as good as we'd want them to be. But that's how the season goes. There's ebbs and flows, and there's lows and highs, and um, getting two points at the end of the day is what it's all about. So. We finally, you know, we're, we're getting into a, a period here where we have some practice time. We have uh, moments in our schedule where, you know, we're not going to have to be off the ice and traveling around the country at all times. So hopefully we can regroup and get ready for the last half of the season. A Taylor Hall right there. Now to the Celtics. Celtics annoy me every now and then. You know, and last night was one of those times. You have a Phoenix Suns team coming in who have been really, really bad. Blown out in back-to-back games. And to me, you know, championship teams need to take care of business on nights like this. You can fall behind. You can be lackluster, not have energy at the beginning of the game. You cannot meet their intensity at the start. But you find it at some point, right? You find it. You find a way to beat the Phoenix Suns on your home floor on a sleepy February night. But the Celtics couldn't do it. In fact, they lost by double digits, 106-94 to 94 to the Suns. Here's Jalen Brown. They came out and outplayed us um, from start to finish for the most part. You know, we got out to a decent start, but, you know, they outplayed us. No energy. They got more shots than we did. Um, we walking the ball up the floor every possession. Um, we just didn't have the enthusiasm tonight. Um, just kind of going through the motions as a unit. I talked with Joe Mazzullo about this earlier this week. It feels like the Celtics at this point in the season are battling complacency. How do you generally address your complacency throughout a course of a very long season? You mentioned like kind of fighting through some things and, and fighting for better spacing. How do you generally kind of address that? Just make it a priority. I think you are what you emphasize, you are what you prioritize. And so 
Uh, there's constantly small things throughout the season that you're going to change and say, hey, let's work on this the next five to ten games. But I think there's two or three things on each side of the ball that you got to work for every single day. Look around the league, and I'm not sure who's going to beat the Celtics in the playoffs, but it is concerning they've dropped four out of the last you know, six games. And the NBA season is long, and I get that. The All-Star break's just around the corner here. But... You know, you got to find it, and that's a lot of times what championship teams do in those types of games. We'll stick with the NBA here for a second with some thoughts on Kyrie Irving before we end the show with the conclusion of my conversation from last week with the newest member of the Boston Red Sox, Adam Duval. Kyrie Irving has proven over the course of his NBA career to uh, not in any way, shape, or form be a guy that you want on your team. I don't care how talented he is. When the going gets tough, Kyrie gets going, like out the door gets going. <laughs> he wants no part of it. And, you know, the most recent example of this is they played against the Celtics. They got manhandled. And, of course, Celtics have lost four out of six. Their two wins came in a huge blowout win over the Nets and overtime over the, uh, the, the uh, Lakers. And both of those teams, you know, kind of struggling, particularly the Nets without KD. And he said, we got to figure this out. We're going to figure out a way to you know, beat the, the Celtics. And then the day after that, he's demanding a trade. <laughs> he wants to go somewhere else. And, again, it's happened over and over again, situation after situation. You know, Kyrie is about Kyrie. And I don't know what team would want him at this point. And we'll see if anybody does want him you know, prior to the uh, trade deadline coming up on Thursday. Now to Adam Duval. As the Red Sox get set for spring training, we're just about a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Here uh, is Duval. You mentioned your experience in 14, uh, being a part of that World Series team and also winning it in 21. With all the new guys coming into this locker room, do you feel like you know you and Justin Turner are going to be kind of leaders in this group despite the fact that it's your first season? Well, I mean, I can't speak for him, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the person that likes to lead by example. I'm not, I'm not a super, uh, rah, rah, or, uh, you know, jumping down somebody's throat type of type of leader. But, um, I will say that I show up to the ballpark and I work every single day and I punch the clock and, um, you know, whether it's, whether I'm having a bad day or a good day, like I'm going to show up and punch the clock. So, uh, you know, I look forward to kind of mentoring some of the younger outfielders and some of the younger guys. And obviously, like I said, it's I can learn from those guys. They can learn from me. Um, so I think uh, one thing we we do have is guys that have won before. And that's very important because if you've if you've never won before, then, uh, you know, it's there's a learning curve there. But when you when you show up to the ballpark and you expect to win, like uh, most of these guys in this locker room have. Um, you know, that's when that's when you take that next step forward. You thought at all about where AC might slot you into the lineup and also home runs was an area that this team was looking to improve upon the offseason. Obviously, they're looking to address that. So you've thought about where you're going to hit and do you anticipate, you know, more uh, home runs this year? Honestly, I haven't, you know, wherever he slots me in, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do my best to drive in runners and, and get on base and uh, try and, you know, pass the baton. But um, you know, it's never, it's never really bothered me where I hit. Um, you know, my main goal is to drive in runs. And so, uh, you know, I, I always feel like when I step up to the plate, there's, there's, there's a man in scoring position. So that's kind of my approach and my philosophy. And, uh, so, you know, 
wherever he slots me in, I'm good with it. And I will, uh, I will do my best to, to help the team produce runs. So here on February the 4th, we've hit that part of the offseason where I can kind of sort of start to convince myself that maybe the Red Sox are going to be okay. But then I look at the roster and I'm like, who's going to play where? Are they going to be a good fielding team? Who can they rely on to be you know, quality starting pitchers? Are they going to hit? And I'm like, all right, I'm still excited for the baseball season, but I need a little more convincing to think the Red Sox would be any good this year. It's been the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan.